0: Welcome to this month's edition of Pulp Nonfiction, the Paper and Packaging Podcast. I'm Greg Johnson with Sustana Fiber. And as always, I'm happy to be joined by my co host, Dr. Marta Pazos. Hi, Greg. So, Marta, did you know that besides his technical genius as a co founder of Apple, the late Steve Jobs was also a brilliant marketer and a big believer in the power of packaging? Jobs once said that packaging can be theater. It can create a story. That's why we couldn't be more excited about our guest today, Vicki Strull, an internationally known packaging design strategist and branding expert based in Atlanta. Vicki has collaborated with some of the biggest brands in the food and beverage space, from Chick-fil-A to Hershey's and Smucker's, as well as for companies including Coppertone, Kodak, and Disney. During our chat today, Vicki will share some fascinating insights about how today's most successful brands are using their packaging to tell stories that not only promote their products, but also promote sustainability, too. Vicki, it's great to see you, and thank you for visiting with us today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, and it's a pleasure to talk to you and Marta today. Thanks, Greg.
0: Now It's our pleasure. Well, Vicki, let's get started. Many numerologists believe that the number eight has many positive attributes. And on your website's homepage, the number eight signifies a consumer's average attention span. How does packaging design help brands to break through the clutter and get consumers' attention to get them to buy the product?
1: Um, it's really funny because that's, is the opening of the, of the site and it's a scratch off and, and then it counts down from eight. So it's a really fun interaction to get people to understand how quickly or slowly that feels. You know, I don't know if it's real or if it's a myth, but I had read that our attention span is eight seconds and it's less than a goldfish. And so when I talk about this, cause I do a lot of speaking at different conferences and for corporations and to sea um, level and boards and things like that and to different you know marketing departments on packaging and stuff. And one of the things that I talk about is the attention span. And when I talk about it, it's always good to have a metaphor. And so I always say that the attention span of a goldfish is nine seconds and the attention span of a horse is seven. And we're somewhere between that.
0: Back in the late 90s, the average grocery store in the U.S. had about 7,000 uh, products, SKUs. And today, I understand that's about 40 or 50,000. So I kind of feel like unless you come into the store with a list, you know, you're kind of looking here, there and everywhere. And and that's gotta be a challenge for brands, right? In terms of that package kind of arresting the consumer's eyes and say, hey, pay attention to me.
1: It's overwhelming. So when you talk about it in terms of packaging, the, you know, there's all these different functions for a package. But graphically speaking, the job of the packaging in a retail space is to just scream off the shelf somehow. And that doesn't mean scream boldest colors. It means get my attention so that I will pick it up and put it into my cart. So when I'm designing packaging, if I know that in mind and I'm thinking about attention span and I'm thinking about is this a new brand? Is this a new product? Or is it a refresh? Is it a product that people are familiar with or is it something they're not familiar with, you have to keep all of that time in mind, which is why the eight seconds comes into play. But in reality, it could be a range of things. What I'm seeing on the shelf that's grabbing people's attention are these new, fresher, direct-to-consumer looking brands. And then the legacy brands like the P&G are trying to copy that kind of aesthetic to get that same customer purchase it but what's interesting and i noticed this yesterday i took a picture of it yesterday i was in sprouts yesterday and i was looking i was going through the beverage aisle and i don't know if you remember but there was a product that came out um two or three years ago called um, united beverage and the way that they did it they were different flavors of beverages and there were about 20 of them, and they were sold direct to consumer. And each one was a solid color with simple type, beautiful package, like just beautiful aesthetically, beautiful packaged t- together. Well, it was designed to be direct to consumer. And when you get that as a set, it's gorgeous. It won all kinds of awards and got all kinds of accolades. Well, I saw those packages on the shelf yesterday, but they're not all there. They Sprouts had like five of the SKUs. Well, when you see a blank, like to me, it's a blank, a very plain package on
0: the
2: shelf, not so enticing. Now I understand why some shelves look like an 80s acid house party. (laughs)
0: Little color clash for sure.
2: (laughs) Exactly, right?
1: But now let's fast forward to today, and we're talking about packaging. And when you start to compare um, packaging and the experiences we have in real life with those that we have online, so just like you know this interaction that we're doing online, we're not actually sitting in a room together. But packaging is a media that we experience in real life.
2: I love your touch of uh, matching the personality. I really think that that's where it comes right. Like the fact that some consumers or some or certain applications scream for a certain design doesn't mean that applies to all of them just because it was successful for something.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it would be kind of like, okay, if the trendy colors are mixing orange with red, if, if, it, if I have a product that's a, um, a medical product that's going to people that are 60 and over, guess what? I'm not doing orange and red, whether it's trendy or not. It's the same thing. It's not arbitrary. It really just has to match what the, what the brand is looking
0: for. That's great. well, in in terms of experience, I know from an educational standpoint, Vicki, you you majored in diplomatic history at Penn. and then at um, your postgraduate studies, uh, you you went to the Miami Ad School in Atlanta. So tell us a little bit about how your unique academic track um, has translated into such a successful career as as being a packaging consultant
1: so um it's a it's an unusual path for sure i think you're you're hearing it on this podcast. I mean, I think that when you 're a graphic designer and i'm it, when I went to the portfolio Center, which was then became miami ad school um i'm trained as a graphic designer so i've designed logos and i've designed brand identities and i've designed packaging and i've designed dishware i mean it's just it, it's a general it 's like a, a I'm a designer, okay? And that is what I would call um, really trained on the right side of my brain, the creativity side, you know, of the artistic side of the brain and really understanding the aesthetics and the color palette and the typography and the grid and the composition, right? So there's that. But then thus far, until this point in time, the conversation we've been having is a much more strategic conversation. And I think that's part of my formative academic experience those formative education years that i had when i wasn't tracked to be a creative professional and then there was a point in time when i was around 21 where i decided no i think i'm going to be a creative professional love it
0: i mean you've got a whole uh, a real truly holistic view i think from from both the creativity side the business side like you just mentioned and and i think it seems like a lot of brands are missing one of those two components. You know, they might have a great product, but they don't know how to position it or, or they might have a great package, but let's face it, the product's not that good. And I like how you've kind of married both sides of the intellectual brain sphere, so to speak, um, to come up with a a great comprehensive strategic sort of consultancy, if you will.
1: Well, and I think that's why my clients hire me. I mean, I think that's what they're really looking for. And I think that's what makes me unique. That's what started the whole speaking thing, right? And the writing is because I was getting feedback that the skills that I have is highly
0: unusual. To me, that was just, this is just how I work. Well, um, th- talking about uh, the science part, let's switch to creativity. Um, in his new book, uh, The Creative Act, A Way of Being, published in January, 2023, Noted record producer Rick Rubin, who worked with musical stars like uh, Adele and Tom Petty and Black Sabbath, said that creativity is not a rare ability, but rather a fundamental aspect of being human. Do you agree with Rick Rubin and how do you think this relates to packaging design?
1: By the way, I bought that book because when I initially met you and you were talking to me about it, I have it. I haven't read it yet. So I, and I love that quote, what he's saying that it is, um, I don't know if it's intrinsically human, but part of being human. I believe that it is part of being human. I believe that anyone can be creative and everyone is creative. So there's times where I'll be somewhere. And I present something and, and a client loves it. And, you know, you're in a room with 20 people. And then afterwards, someone comes up to you and says, oh, my God, I love the work that you're doing. I love the designs that you're doing. I don't have a creative bone in my body. And I always smile and say, well, I, I bet you do. But there's something very satisfying in us as humans when we create something. It's, if there's something very... Um, it is, it's satisfying. I mean, I know when I'm in a creative flow, there's something about that. If you've ever watched someone create, if you've ever seen somebody um, paint, I mean, it's almost like I look at the AI as a tool, just like a paintbrush. I mean, a paintbrush in my hand is different than a paintbrush in your hand, which is different than a paintbrush in Picasso's hand.
0: Vicki, let's talk about a little bit about that process. I, I know we, we all know we live in a data-driven marketplace but successful packaging is still as much an art as it is science. But let's take a look at, at some memorable fails, if we could. What, what What's an example of, of something that maybe we thought artistically and scientifically was great in terms of a t- package, yet consumers just didn't buy it? I just
1: posted something online. I don't know if if you follow me online, but I post every single day. And I just posted something online about a week ago and it lit up like wildfire. I mean, the, the amount of comments were unbelievable and it was something that I thought was a fail and I would put it in this when we were talking about the the unboxing experience, something that I ordered online. So I don't know if you're familiar with a company called nuts.com, but it's a nut and it's really, it's kind of fun and they have a handwritten logo and they have these little... Um, Almost mascots that are dressed up like it's a you know a pistachio that's dressed up or a peanut that's that looks like a person and they've added some you know stick figure lines to it and I got it and the colors are great and um, the the moments of truth online I ordered from them and I ordered some dried fruits and um, I got it and they're in these flexible pouches um, which you know I I mean I always like renewable resources just like you guys. So they're in these, but I get it. They're in these flexible pouches and there's a tear notch. Okay. You know, when there's, it's got that little notch in it and I go to tear it and it won't tear. And then I pull it and it starts to get that little rough thing. And I actually can't tear it because then it's going to break the whole thing open and it's got the resealable thing. So now I have to get my scissors. Well, I would call that a packaging fail. That's a, that's a, that's a fail Because I may not order from them again because they're not recognizing that in their packaging. Like, that's a big problem. You know, sometimes you cut something open and it's not sealed properly and then you can't reseal it. And then I have to stick it in a second Ziploc. I don't want to have to stick it in a second Ziploc. I bought it because I could reseal it. Okay. So there's things like that. There's other times where you order something and, um, you know, it's this big. And it comes in a box that's, you know, bigger than a shoebox. And it's uh, an eye pencil or an eye shadow or something very small. That's always terrible because they're shipping air. And if you're into sustainability, you don't want them shipping air. And it's just a big waste of, of packaging. Um, so I think that there are some fails out there. I think what happens when we talk strategically is I don't know that all brands recognize those fails as impacting sales and repeat sales. And I think that's an important distinction to make. And I don't know that they have the metrics in place to measure that and to recognize the importance of their packaging on their sales.
2: I I think that's a, you know, I am, right now having like so many epiphanies in a row because one of the things that I am thinking is I'm like you I I really I if I have a bad experience with something that I can't open and and, you know I've spent um already a minute or or two trying to tear it apart just because I'm you know, just because I'm stubborn most of the times, right? Because the scissors are there. But, um, and and then it, you still have to pull the scissors and then the resealable uh, component, the resealing component is no longer working. I'll probably, I probably will not buy that brand again. However, one thing that I am not helping the brand with is telling them, right? And most consumers, for a failure that they don't consider major, they will not submit a complaint. Well, and it's true. And even on
1: something that you're going to tear open, if it didn't have the tear notch and it had the little icon with the scissors, I wouldn't have gotten annoyed. Because <laughs> yes. they communicated properly, False advertisement. but they <laughs> duped me. They had the tear notch and it doesn't yeah. work. There was another, There is another example that I saw. This was a really funny example, really cute. It was a Dutch company that was um, selling bicycles and they were putting them in a, in a corrugated bo- carton, corrugated box, and they were shipping them. Um, and the box was roughly the size of a flat screen TV. And and there was a large percentage of their boxes that were getting damaged. About 25% of their boxes were getting damaged and they were getting the returns, even though maybe the product inside wasn't damaged, they would get the return or maybe the product was damaged, but they had a high damage rate. So they took the box and instead of restructuring it, they printed a flat screen TV on the outside of the box. Oh. So the shipping companies were much more delicate with that box because they (laughs) thought it had a flat screen TV in it and their damage rates went way down. That's kind of I think that's that's just brilliant. brilliant. I think that's pretty smart. It's a brilliant way to solve the problem in stage one. Now, if it hadn't worked, then they've got to restructure their box and their whole packaging strategy in terms of getting it there. But if they could just print that on it,
0: brilliant (laughs) sure well and and that leads me to my next question vicky you know it seems like everyone is scrutinizing packaging these days people are taking a look at functionality materiality and of course last but certainly not least sustainability is a a package fiber-based is it recycled is it recyclable etc etc what do you see um, as far as consumer concerns being really important today and and how are some of your clients uh addressing these issues
1: um i think that at this point in time everyone is thinking about sustainability i mean people that are buying products and i shouldn't say everyone you know maybe not everyone is but i think by and large most people are thinking about recycling, right? So they're thinking of, they may not use sustainability every day in their language, but most people at this point in time have a recycling bin and they want to recycle things. But for the three of us that are in this packaging ecosystem, there's so much more to sustainable packaging than end of life. It also has to do with how something is created.
0: Well, Vicki, as we wrap up our conversation with you today, um, could you just tell us some things you do personally in your everyday life to help the environment?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I think the mantra reduce, reuse, recycle is still, um, what people that are interested in, in sustainability are following. So, you know, for me personally, I don't use plastic wear. I'm not using plastic cups, um, you know, so I've reduced, I'm trying to reduce the amount of waste, but I think I can have a broader impact professionally because when I think about the packaging ecosystem, there's a few different stakeholders in that. And I think designers in particular have a unique position because designers are communicating to the shoppers, you know, with what they put on their packaging and they're working with the brand so they can influence what the brand um, is doing on their packaging. And the designer in particular has a lot of influence in the way packaging is designed and created and manufactured to be more sustainable. So I do everything I can to have that kind
0: of influence. We certainly have learned a lot from you today Vicky. We're really grateful for your time today and Marta and I wish you uh, continued success in the packaging design space. Thanks.
1: Vicky. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thank you for tuning in today and we hope you join us next month for a new episode of Pulp Nonfiction, the Paper and Packaging Podcast. In the meantime, Please visit sustanafiber.com for previous podcasts, as well as for information on all our Recycle Fiber products for your sustainable paper and packaging needs. Thanks again. Remember to recycle, and we'll see you again soon.